Hi, this is Chris from Chris Betts Verses. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, if you're considering donating, I would obviously appreciate it. It's uh, there's you know there's no uh, there's no Joe Rogan money going here, so anything you can give is incredibly appreciated. It'll all either go to better equipment or whiskey. Both improve my life immeasurably. So thank you again for listening. Uh, I hope that you're well. Keep enjoying it. Take care. Hello. Welcome to Chris Betts Versus. It is December 20th. This show was recorded on December 16th. I'm sorry for the late release on this. Normally I like to have them out at midnight Sunday UK time. But Saturday is when I normally finish up all the editing and record my intros. But I had a particularly Christmassy day with my wife yesterday and honestly just forgot what day of the week it is. That's not very professional, but it's Christmas, so shut up. We decorated a tree, we watched a Muppet Christmas Carol. We were going to watch Die Hard originally, but that didn't feel like tree decorating movie. You know, that's a good, we've had a couple too many Christmas whiskeys, let's watch John McClane kick some ass. But uh, it was great, ate some food, watched uh, watched Pluto's Christmas Tree, which is a short on Disney+, Plus. was Chippendale from, I think it's from like the 80s, and ah. Uh, so much mischief ensues. Just a good-ass time. So anyway, so that's that's why. I was just having a wonderful time with my wife, which, as far as excuses I've given for not doing the work that I was supposed to do, has got to be among the most wholesome. So, you're welcome? I'm not sure. Anyways, this was a great show. I had uh, Laura Davis and Alice Fraser on. They're both Australian comedians who are fantastic, very smart, very funny um, it's a nice balance between Alice's, uh, largely very earnest and then very silly. And Laura is, um, very sort of, uh, uh, dry and often glib, uh, but they're both so super funny. I loved having them on. Uh, I thought that this episode was more earnest than past episodes, which is nice. It's one of the, one of the things that I like about doing this show is it allows for that kind of leeway where... You know, we talked about the absence of the live comedy circuit, which is how all three of us uh, were making a living in up until 2019. And I had to sort of convince Alice that it was a, a great thing that had happened because she said, I mean, like all comedians right now, that she was kind of freaking out about it. And so she wanted me to uh, to assuage her fears. And I did a I did a pretty good job. I offered her some some good tips, including taking up stone masonry instead. Uh, which makes sense, I swear to God, in the uh, within the argument that I made. It might sound a bit out of left field, but that's the fucking point, guys. Then we talk about Alice's regrets, which are gigantic um, in scope. Most of the time when people hit me with a regret, it's sort of an action that they took or did not take, whereas Alice's was, uh, and this is this is very on brand for Alice, sort of the culmination of all the things that she has and hasn't done and the way that she processes her regrets. So it was much more a core nature of self regret as opposed to drunkenly told my gay best friend I love them regret, which uh, which was one that I got when I was arguing against the Oxford students and was easily remedied. This one, you know, I think we had a really good conversation about it. I don't know either way if I won or not. I I can't remember how the point went now, but... It was uh, it, it was fun. We talked some Buddhist philosophy. We talked about basically having a god complex. It was it was interesting. I really enjoyed it. We talked about twenty twenty in the in the final round. 
where I had to defend... Oh no, Alice had to defend 2020. I had to um, argue why it was garbage. And I tried to I tried to take a couple of angles that I hadn't heard before. And I'm looking forward to... One of them in particular, I think, is going to become a stand-up bit. So listen out for that. Regardless, uh, if you want to follow Laura or Alice, you can do it on Instagram and Twitter. Laura is at Laura Davis Comedy. And Alice is at Alliterative. I'm not going to spell it for you because it's too many letters, but you can you can figure it out. Alliterative will autocorrect in your phone. So just give it your best shot and let Google just do the rest, man. You know, Google's like that that person in the group project where you do the bare minimum. You know, they do all the work and you just color it in. So um, that's about it. Again, if you want to support the show, you can do it on patreon.com slash Betts. Uh, because it is Christmas and going into the new year, I'm going to start releasing all the Patreon episodes onto the mainstream over the next couple weeks. So look out for that. That's interviews with uh, Jamali Maddox, Laura Lex, uh, Alice and Laura, which uh, we recorded at the end of this show, which was really fun. Then, um, you know, Pierre Novelli, pretty, everyone that's been on the show, Glenn Wool, Paul Byrne. And those were formerly only available on the Patreon stream, but now I'm going to make them publicly available, as I said. So please enjoy that. Is there anything else before we start the show? Um, I hope that you're all okay. London last night went into tier four, which was an unheard of tier before the night kicked in. And tier four is basically just lockdown without saying the word lockdown. So it's sort of a shell shock to PTSD move where you can't leave your house. Everything that's deemed unnecessary is shut. And don't go over to your neighbor's houses because there's a whole new strain and the world is a nightmare. But you know what? I have been living like it was locked down since March because I learned early on that just because things are going slightly better doesn't mean they're going to stay better. I learned that when I was 20 and I started making real money for a brief period of my life and I decided to continue living as a poor person because I knew that I am irresponsible and this would not last. So as a result, I never really felt that sort of drop, the kind of thing that uh, the convinced stockbrokers in the 1920s to jump out of buildings. A lot of people think that was because of honor for ruining the American economy. But if there's one thing I don't associate with stockbrokers, it's honor. So I feel like that was very much, they were staring poverty in the face and went, nah, I'm just going to get out of here. And so that's the kind of drop that I was hoping to avoid by uh, by keeping keeping my life as simple as possible. And it's worked. I hope that you guys are all doing okay. Uh, depending on what country you're listening to. I know we got a lot of Canadians, a lot of Americans listening, um, a couple of Argentinians. Thank you very much, uh, Mi Gusta. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that was offensive or not. I meant it well. I, I should really look up what that means. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, uh, regardless, I hope that if you're Jewish, you had a great Hanukkah. Um, I hope that if you're not Jewish and you celebrate Christmas, if you are Jewish and celebrate Christmas, because fuck it, it's a great day, I hope that you're safe and you are feeling as good as you can right now. This show is about to happen. I've got Laura Davis and Alice Fraser coming on. It's going to be great. I don't know why I brought it in a new bummer there right before introducing the show. That was that was foolish. I've had four cups of coffee already, so my brain's a little bit all over the place. If you're looking for a good time, I highly recommend Muppet Christmas Carol. One of the best things about it is Michael Caine stars in it as Ebenezer Scrooge, and 
he when I saw this movie as a kid, he was the oldest person alive in my eyes. I couldn't believe that anyone was as old as Michael Caine playing Ebenezer Scrooge. And now looking at it, it's like he is a child. I mean, he's still 59, but compared to looking at Michael Caine now, it's night and day. His hair is kind of brown. His face isn't the Grand Canyon. So for that alone, just to see the difference in perception of age between being, what, like eight years old, seven years old, and being 36, that was a very young Michael Caine. So uh, yeah, check, check it out if only to watch him and... The way he smiles at the end of the movie is genuinely heartwarming. I didn't remember any of the songs, but you know what? It brought a goddamn smile to my face. I Oh, also, I still need a topper for my tree. We don't have a topper for the tree over here. So if you have any recommendations for Christmas tree toppers, I'm not really partial to angels, but, you know, maybe a star. I've seen a lot of baby Yodas out there. Just let me know. Tweet at me, at Mr. Chris Betts, and let me know what you think I should top my tree with, because I'm, you know, I'm a little baffled. I might... I might just put a picture of my wife up there and watch her take it down out of um, embarrassment. Either way, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in. Here is me arguing against Alice Fraser with Laura Davis judging. They're both great. Enjoy the show. Today, my contestant is... Uh, going to be Alice Fraser. She's absolutely fantastic. She's an Australian comedian. She has a podcast called Tea with Alice. She's on The Bugle. She's on the last post of The Bugle. Uh, I tried to list her credits in the post before the show, and there was just too many, so I didn't bother and put a link to her website instead. Uh, please welcome to the screen in your houses where I can either see you or hear you, but assume you're cheering and clapping, Alice Fraser. Hey! Hello. Welcome to the show. How hey, are you doing? how are you? I'm all right. I'm very well. Good. I'm glad. You uh, you judged this on the bus in Edinburgh last year, I think. I Two years did, ago, and I it guess. was so much fun. It I'm was glad. such a nice. It was such a nice gig. I remember it fondly. Oh, good. I'm glad. I um, I'm I'm excited to have you on, and I'm very intimidated because you're an ex-lawyer, and so I assume that I'm going to lose. But <laughs> that's okay. Were on, you a Were you a trial lawyer? On the lawyer? other hand. Uh, I was not a trial lawyer, and also I am an ex-lawyer, so you don't know how bad a lawyer I was. Uh, so I argue that you shouldn't feel threatened by my oh. skills. Knowing you for, I've known you for a few years now, and so the idea that you were disbarred would really surprise me. I don't think that there was a... No, uh... <laughs> no I was just miserable in the corporate law firm. <laughs> Nothing so glamorous or extravagant. Oh, uh, fair enough. Just, just a feeling like a butterfly in a cage. Uh, yeah, I get that. Corporate law from all of the uh, procedurals that I've watched looks like a real nightmare of an industry. Uh, and... I just spent my whole time thinking, I've only got 19 days to live. Um, oh, wow. Is that a butterfly's lifespan? Some butterflies. Cool. Laura's, the, Laura's the expert on that. Oh, all right. I mean, that's as great a segue for a judge as I'm, I'm ever going to get. Let's. Um, we're going to bring on the judge. She's also Australian, coming from us from New Zealand because she realized it's a superior country. Uh, amazing comic. She just released a comedy <clears throat> album as well, which we're going to plug. So uh, please welcome to the screen with your screaming and your clapping, Laura Davis. Yay! Hey, Laura, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good oh, to well, see you. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Uh, pressing question. What is the lifespan of a butterfly, please? 
Oh, it really does depend anywhere from, you know, mere hours to, to several weeks. Oh, my God. And are you an ex-botanist? Is that how? <laughs> no, I wish. I remember those are plants. Botanist. Those are plants. I just realized those are plants. So I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> where does your... Uh, or is botany just... Yeah, maybe a naturalist. But that sounds like a nudist. Yeah, that is no. a yeah. That's a naturist. A naturalist. You want to be like, you know, Darwin with a little bag of sample bottles and things. I'm, your, I'm a bloody weirdo is what I am. It's <laughs> <laughs> the official Actually, title. I like I always like that about comics is we always know a lot about like one specific weird thing. And mine is eels. I know a ton about eels. Oh, um, tell me about eels. Why have you ever been hiding these eel facts? Uh, eels, the right. snake of the lake. New Hey, Eel nice. podcast, go. <laughs> um, no one knows where they breed. They've tried to track Snaky them. eels. They put they put like electronic trackers with GPS trackers on them, and they they uh, swim out somewhere into the Saragossa Sea, and then they lose them, and they're gone, and then they come right back, and no one's quite sure what happens. It's very confusing. They're genuinely Sneak, fascinating. Sneaky little fuck eels. I was I was in a bookstore yeah. like three years ago and I, I just wanted to read about something that I'd never thought I'd be interested in. And I saw a book that was just called Eels. And I went, nailed it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it calls for. So as a result, I know a ton about eels. Anyway, let's, um, let's get to the show. So um, if anyone hasn't seen the show before, it's important that I point out that just because I say a thing on the show doesn't mean that I mean that thing. Uh, I've said a bunch of terrible things on here. None of them were my personal opinion. I'm just a competitive person. So when I tell you that um, Anne Frank was a coward, I just want you to know that that's not how I feel inside. I'm just a winner. So uh, uh, with that said, uh, Laura, you're going to be the judge today. I'm going to be arguing against Alice. Mm -hmm. Laura, you're going to be judging not based on who's right, but who argued best. All right, I can do it. Cool. Excellent. Um, and Alice, uh, I think we're going to get going. So we've got the, oh, we've got someone whooping and clapping on the Twitch stream just in text. Thanks, ma'am. Um, oh, thank you. So uh, uh, we're, we're going to get started. So Alice, I think we start with you. So what topic have you brought today? Chris, I would like you to argue why it is a good thing, actually, uh, that the comedy industry has basically ground to a screaming halt for the better part of a year. Um, All right. Okay. Because um, I need to know that. That that question has been keeping me awake uh, <laughs> early in the morning. Um, okay. Here's ever since I started, and I assume it's the same in the Australian scene, and you guys have been on the UK scene a lot, so we've overlapped a lot. Every car journey to any gig, at some point, the conversation goes to there's too many comedians and we need a cull. And nothing has been more successful in forcing people to quit comedy than a year <laughs> without it. I personally know three comics that have quit and I'm glad they're gone, fuck them. I deleted them from my Facebook. I, uh, I, I would name them, but I've forgotten their names. Uh, <laughs> I, I think people feel a lot safer in cars with uh, to talk about this stuff than you do. I don't think anyone's ever suggested a cull to me. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe I just, I think I made the just gig with uh, more like bitter comedians than you do. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> Is, uh, there's a lot of talk of how good it used to be. Uh, there's a lot of talk of how you can't say anything anymore. Uh, there's, there's a lot of my wife is a bitch. 
and then uh, <laughs> and then straight. and then the culling chap. And then the culling, yeah. <laughs> the old culling chap. <laughs> maybe maybe they think you're the the type of guy to get it started. Yeah, Chris <laughs> Betts, he could start a cull. <laughs> I'm not saying I'd do a cull, but Chris Betts, I know you collect knives. Yeah, <laughs> you seem like a cold-hearted bastard. Knows <laughs> so, a lot about eels. These green rooms, yeah. I, uh, yeah, no, I think um, it's forced all of us to make sure that it's what we want to do. No one falls into comedy anymore. If you're doing Zoom shows across the ocean at eight in the morning, it's because you want to be there. I'm not paying either of you. You're here. <laughs> yep. You're not here for the free drinks or the free chicks. You yeah. are. None of that stuff. You're not going to get any hot ass out of this show, Laura. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to, I just, yeah, I think that having to step away, you know what they say? They say, um, if you love something, uh, sacrifice it to a global pandemic. <laughs> and if it comes back, <laughs> <laughs> then it was always immune to begin with. Uh, why, yeah. why, why, why do you think that we need the comedy scene? Oh, I don't, I don't think we need the comedy scene. I, I, I fear regularly that I need the comedy scene for reasons that are less to do with my absolute love of words and the craft and more to do with some sort of desperate hole in my personality that I'm constantly shoveling coal into to try and fill. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know... Need is a strong, strong word. I'm just trying to look on the bright side this year. I'm trying to look at the silver linings and I was hoping that you'd be able to offer me some upsides to what feels very often like a terrible event. Well, you can, um, you can fill, find a new coal, find a cleaner mm. burning resource. <clears throat> comedy it's broken is, the cycle of addiction. Yeah, you're free now. And also comedy is terrible because like coal, it sort of burns off and then it's gone. There's no storing it. It's just over. Whereas like, cause I remember um, I used to do a lot of uh, construction and demolition and things like that. And so at the end of those uh, jobs, there's a thing and it's done and you get a sense of uh, accomplishment from that. And the thing that you finished this time is, is clearly better than the thing that you finished last time. Whereas comedy is so ephemeral, you know, you get the laugh, you finish, you got the high, the high goes, and now you're just in a shitty room surrounded by <laughs> largely annoying people. And so with a long trip home so as a result you never it's never going to fill the gap it's a high and a low it's, it's very much a drug whereas now you could learn masonry and you know fill the gap forever just be a, I reckon a, though you get into masonry and then like 10 years into masonry someone's like there's too many masons we got to cull we really need this mason cull i think that's what happened to jesus isn't it so i have a family friend who uh, can i do an anecdote please do chris uh, yeah. so i have a family friend who is very religious uh and of a particular kind of religion which is a form of christianity that sort of valorizes shapes uh, the idea that sort of the triangle is divine and they were, they were, they were all builders and engineers and they got into it. Too many Fisher-Price um, toys? Yeah. <laughs> no, they were not Freemasons. They were sort of on their own reconnaissance. They discovered this, uh, this interpretation of the Bible and they joined together and they would go to each other's houses in this uh, artistic community. And then they split down the middle. The congregation split down the middle because they couldn't decide whether to have <laughs> all of the pews facing forward or whether to have them in a circle wow. uh, and then they spit down the middle again because they weren't sure if they should have uh, pews or chairs 
<laughs> and then they split down the middle again uh, for some other reason. And then there were only two of them left and they decided to shake hands and go their own way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think uh, being a stonemason means you have to join a cult. I don't think that's, that's involved. <laughs> Those guys were doing it Just for the saying wrong that it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> It sounds like those stonemasons needed to join comedy just to get an idea of their own individuality <laughs> and they can push their own crazy ideas. You could, ships in the night, you guys, you would have, uh, you, you could have taken their stonemason jobs, they could have taken- What I could have done is taken a stonemason congregation and united them through comedy so that they wouldn't have fought about petty bullshit. I think that's one thing that, that we're not seeing right now is the opportunity for comics who have built up a natural ability to convince strangers to believe things that they didn't believe beforehand, that I think that what we're missing is a huge growth in the cult community. I think we're going to see a lot of small farms, um, mm. a lot of uh, living, off, uh, living off the grid, organic stuff. It's really uh, environmentally friendly. It gives a lot of people a sense of belonging. That's another good thing that's come out of the fall of the comedy industry is a surplus in cult leaders, potential cult leaders. Oh, yeah. I always thought I'd make a good cult leader in, in an apocalypse. But now that we see that apocalypses seem to be sort of spot treatments rather than widespread, uh, what I have instead is a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start it now. You know, you're, you're, free, you're free to do as you are. You're, you're free of comedy shackles. Uh, to start your own cult and then you can perform to them every every day of the week and they're gonna think you're the best comic they've ever seen because you're you know sent from god who could be funnier than you i feel like cult leadership is uh it, it, it is an overly male dominated sport uh, so perhaps we can laura you up for it yeah sure <clears throat> let's get some land there you go there you go. <laughs> I, think, I, I want to start from scratch. I don't want. I don't want like a fixer upper. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, you don't want to move into a cult and be like, oh, actually, I'm the re. No, you don't want to be a reborn version of someone else because no. that's too much research. You want yeah, to be like fresh, well, straight out of the can, top of the brain. They can always show up and be like, it's my cult again, and then they, you know, yeah, or that resurrection. Middle. You never yeah. know. Yeah. No, you gotta you gotta start fresh. You have to inspect a lot of babies, I think, as well. I think if you're that's if you're going with a reborn cult, uh, it's, so it's your cult. you do what you want. You Quite do. a lot of procreating <laughs> required. A lot, which is more pressurized on the uh, womb having end of that interaction. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, you but that goes cult. the same for out. Yeah, and that's the same outside of cults. Not hashtag not all cults. Hashtag not all. All creators, you know, you heard it here first, audience. Hashtag not all cults, spread the word. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, uh, just to just sum up why, why it's good that comedy's gone is um, you're a better person now. You're up earlier in the morning. I guarantee that. I guarantee you weren't up at this hour before. Um, you have a new passion, which is stonemasonry and cultology, which is in your family already. So it feels like it's a natural move. I mean, this is all, this is a win. All right. <laughs> all right, Laura, what are you saying? I'm convinced that I have to stop doing this podcast because I quit comedy. <laughs> you convinced me. It's over. Goodbye. You're right. You're not paying me anything. I'm, yeah. I'd be much healthier without this. <laughs> be that's good. Most of the reasons. This. That's, that's, on, the, that's <clears throat> on the crest of stand-up comedy. 
Yeah, great convincing. I mean, this is more of a public service announcement more than a podcast now. That's one of the things that they do to maintain, uh, you know, the bushland in Australia is they'll do controlled burns or cold burns. The oh, indigenous yeah. People have been doing them for thousands, tens of thousands of years uh, because if you don't do that, A, you, you get terrible bushfires, but uh, it's also a, an opportunity for regrowth. There you mm. go. And the new ones are always more beautiful and more robust than the old <laughs> ones. That's, yeah. I think it's going to be great. I miss it every single day of my life. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> all the time, every day. I get um, pre-gig anxiety anyways, but as a result of only doing this once a week, I, instead of getting to like sparse it out five to 10 times a week, I just get really fucking tense before this show. So I uh, had a great little walk around my block before this started dry heaving. We're all having a great time, <laughs> long live comedy. Never had that before building something. Uh, all right. <laughs> so uh, we'll move on to the speed round now. Uh, Laura, I think you have a bunch of random words right there. Excellent, I thank do. you very much. Uh, Josh, can you please put two minutes up on the clock? Ah, oh, pro. <clears throat> now, Alice, do you wanna be for or against whatever Laura's about to say? Um, I'll be for, why not? I'm four. looking for the all positives. Right. Nice. So this is just rapid fire. Just uh, get a thought out. We'll get as many as we can in two minutes. So uh, Alice, you're ready. Laura, you're ready. Josh is ready. Start the clock. Speed round. Firefighters. Uh, they're good. They save koalas. Love them. Um, koalas have chlamydia, uh, which uh, injures the bestiality community who have been nothing but nice to me. Next. <laughs> Mus muscles. Muscles, uh, love them, hold your skin away from your bones. Um, muscles are also named after a mollusk, so how good can they really be? Next. Uh, orthodoxes. Or orthodoxy. 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 Uh, good to keep everyone in line. Um, and how else would you know what hat to wear every day, the same hat? Um, orthodoxy is bad uh, because... Uh, every, uh, whether it's like Greek Orthodox or uh, Jewish Orthodox or Russian Orthodox, they always have to dress like it's in the 1800s. Uh, and so just from a heat rash point of view, I'm against it. Romance. cold in the 1800s. <laughs> Romance. Ah, oh, love it. Sweep me away on a unicorn covered in rose petals and fling me onto a pair of sheets that are made out of something expensive. Wow. Romance is brutal. Trick me, then put a big rubber fist in me, then don't learn my name. Bye, romance. Conflict. Uh, difficult but valuable uh, skill to learn. Um, the core arc of my trilogy, a thing that I struggle with on a daily basis, uh, probably good for me. Um, I, I hate conflict so much that I'm going to agree with you on this one. <laughs> mm, that's a real Trump. Uh, seasons. Uh, oh, that's good. What, uh, remind you that life is a rapid four-way split of a year that heads to the next year constantly towards death. <laughs> if it was any good, there'd be more every year. We would demand more seasons. That's the end of the speed round. <laughs> I ran out of time. <laughs> um, uh, Laura, I forgot to ask you beforehand, but any chance you were marking down scores on that? 
Um, no, I was just getting an overall sense for who was struggling. Um, and I think it was you, Chris. I think Alice did uh, a better job arguing for, even when the topics were difficult to argue for. Uh, and even when the, when the topics were quite easy to argue against, you mm. still sort of were drowning on some of them, I think. God damn it. So, so let's say uh, normally we give out like one for each. So that was probably like five topics. So it's probably five one yeah. to Alice right now. Because I got the first round. Yeah. Damn it. All right. Wow. That's a that's that's a well used speed round, Alice. No one's ever just completely blanked me before. It was very impressive. <laughs> All right. So, so we changed the time. This is like it's my long term strategy was to like disrupt you slightly by changing the regular time of this show. Uh, uh, so you're already flailing. And that, and then that did work. one two punch. At Thank the seven thirty time, I got the normal sort of like gig adrenaline, and then it's sort of, it's it's phased off now. It's very cagey, <laughs> very cagey. Um, a continuance, lawyer speak. Um, so uh, we're going to go into the regrets round now. Alice, do you have anything that you regret or anything that you're proud of? Because both are fine. I'll tell you that a regret is the best thing you've ever done, or that something you're proud of uh, is actually garbage. And fuck you. That's good because I do that myself all the time. Um, <laughs> I, I, have, I have many, many, many regrets, but I'll tell you a thing that I'm proud of because that's rarer and more delightful. Mm. Uh, I have nine episodes left of my daily satirical news podcast set in an alternate dimension. At the beginning of the year, I was facing down 366 episodes, which means wow. I have, in a year where I've not done any comedy really, I have written a lot of comedy and I've done it like every day and I feel I feel proud of myself for that now tell me why I shouldn't take this rare moment of pride that I feel in my own <laughs> achievement in a life of constantly questioning what I'm doing and whether it's good enough tell me why I should put that in the bin okay step out of the game for a second I want you to know before it's nice this, to have you scream I, that at someone else I I love and, I love and respect you Alice now back into the game you doing that podcast is the biggest argument against canceling the comedy for a year because how dare you make that every day? You could have been out doing gigs and not wasting people's podcast time. Is is there not enough news in this dimension? You got to spin off the fact that that you couldn't you couldn't face up to the real world news and had to create your own magical news is a cowardly and b narcissistic. Uh, I, I, I mean, all, all I see is, is shame here. There's a lot going on, Alice. You're a smart lady. There's a lot of good that you could have done, and instead you spun these fanciful disc worlds. Wait, will you start when she's crying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good for me. I've got to take criticism, man. I've got to learn to take my licks. <laughs> Um, do you want Otherwise, to I'll never yourself? be able to read a YouTube comment section. Yeah. <laughs> never do. It's not worth it. Um, do you, I mean, you can defend yourself if you want. Um, I mean, I did all think that ring true? It all rang so true, Chris Betts. <laughs> uh, you've defeated me on every front, uh, other than the fact that I think the only way to deal with this year's news um, cycle and the reality of reality has been to create a delusional world entirely of your own making and I cite as evidence QAnon and <laughs> cancel culture and everyone online uh, living in their own little made-up bubbles of events that no one else other than the people who they're talking to are talking about. 
but statistically, they're the most likely to die from COVID. So really, it's the worst way to get through this pandemic. If anything, <laughs> it's the easiest way to put yourself right in the face of it is to create these fanciful worlds. So what if your imaginary worlds have contributed to COVID deaths? That's a valid, valid point. And I, so. I will have a look at my listenership numbers and see if they've been steadily going down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think I've proven this wrong, but uh, Laura, it's up to you. What do you got? Well, look, in just maybe in support of delusional realities, I'm going to say that Alice won that one. Oh, um, what? Just, this um, is your salt, just Chris to, Just to create... <laughs> Just to create yet another, you know, segment of false information out on the internet, Alice won that round. (laughs) (laughs) Chris, you need to you you need to get the judge and the player to be enemies rather than like best friends. (laughs) Also, as women, best friends, form of affection. (laughs) Our affection isn't uh, expressed by being horrible to each other all the time, which sort of the f- fragile masculinity of modern uh, male friendship seems to require. <laughs> You're really missing out. I don't know if you've ever been woken up in the middle of the night by being punched in the face, but it really, it, you know they care. You know they care. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, we, we still have some time. Eva, do you want to give me one of your regrets? Or Laura, I'm so full regret? of, I'm yeah. so full of regrets. Can I just please get one of, I, re- yeah. I regret leaving my my home i regret leaving my family i regret leaving my friends i've spent a year standing out in a country where i don't know hardly anyone in the woods eating beans from a tin surely this is what it looks like when it all goes wrong chris surely (laughs) people keep telling me it's okay you're in the safest place in the world i'm like i can i know different smells of dirt Um, boredom is often associated with safety. So it's, it's a trade-off of one or the other. England isn't boring right now, but it is unsafe. Uh, I would say that, um, your family's in Australia, right? Or are they, are they in the UK? No, they're in Australia. Australia. In Australia. Um, well, I think I can speak for Alice as well when I say Australian people are garbage and you're better off without them. Uh, <laughs> that's why you both moved to that's the a very UK. nice ambiguous use of the phrase i can speak for alice as well <laughs> um <clears throat> you both left for a reason you know that it's right and i understand that you have to see them on a regular basis but you know blink twice um <laughs> i think that um uh you're in a very nice place and it'll make you appreciate London more. I think London makes people very callous and you start to take it for, for granted. And all you start to see is the grime and you stop to see, you stop seeing the beauty of it. And so smelling dirt will uh, retune your nose to the smell of urine on a Sunday morning mm. in the street that you missed from Brixton. You're going to be mm. like, ah, a bouquet, mm. Mm. hair. Um, yeah, so, so there's that. Someone took a multivitamin. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't just stop seeing the beauty, you stop seeing the, the bones. Laura, you had a thing with the bones, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it's the joke that I tried to do when I first got to London. I tried to, to do a joke about how London was covered in bones. 
And I was like, you know, it's coming in bones. Like I'm walking around Crouch End. I'm like slipping on, slipping on shins. Like, well, what are all these bones? You can see these coming in bones and nobody responded at all. Just silence everywhere I went. Just like, we, we don't know what you're talking about. We, we, what are you Was this a bit like she could? And I lived there for two years. Now I don't see the bones either. No. No. Did you mean chicken uh, bones? I know that. I know <laughs> they're there. No. <laughs> no femurs, huge <laughs> fucking femurs. She is one hundred percent correct. Like on a like tibia, fibia, like vertebrae, n- pork knuckles. I think Little. it must be a dog thing. But they're like really, there are there are bones and like she's not lying. No, I have never it's heard covered this. Covered in bones. It's rattling with ribs, Chris. <laughs> Okay, so clearly London had driven you insane. <laughs> so it's good that you went out to the woods. I mean, what better place to come to terms with bones than the woods? <laughs> yeah, nice. soon, it'll, soon it'll just be my bones. You can see it, see them in their natural habitat. So you'll be a little bit calmer when you see them out in the, in the city now. I've seen no bones in the woods. No Brixton, bones in the woods. Crouch end covered in bones. <laughs> um, yeah, family's overrated. Um, do you get along with your family really well? Sort of, I guess, yeah. You, no, you're repressing something. That's never been true yeah, to anyone. Yeah, true. All yeah. right. Okay, good. Repressed. Yeah, good. Yeah. So this way you can... Repressed. Yeah. <laughs> Note for later. Note for later. You're full of mark. repression. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so family, you don't have to see them. That's always good news. Um, Australia's stupid. We covered that. Full of jerks. Um, there's no comedy scene really to speak of in New Zealand. There's a few clubs, but not enough to sort of hold up the gigging that you're used to. So you don't feel like you're missing out. Whereas in London, I do not. All I do is I see people gigging irresponsibly every day, and part of me is like, idiots, stop that. And the other part of me is like, I really, really want to do that, and I'm so jealous. Does it feel like like crossing a picket line? Yeah, but like a moral one. Yeah. Um, Have you tried yelling scab at them? uh, um, No, maybe I'll start just tweeting that. Scab, scab. Subtweeting people. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so you don't have to live with that. You're free out there. You know that you don't want to be a farmer now because even though you're clearly made for it because you've got your dirt, smell, olfactory Mm -hmm. sense building up. it's not for you. So that's another thing you can cross off your list of possible lives. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, you're getting a really unique, special experience. Plus. All right. Yeah. All right. No, I do feel marginally better. I think you definitely, you definitely win. Oh, great. Nice. And that one. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. See you later, cunts. I'm never coming back. I belong to the woods now. I'm taking my beans. I know where I buried them. I'm ready. <laughs> Beans, not bones. Hashtag. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> my T-shirt. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, I mean, we have we have time for one more regret, Alice. If you've got anything. Uh, I I, uh, I think that too. All of my regrets are tangled up with all of my other regrets. So I have a big, inextricable oh, wow. ball of regret that is constantly um, trailing me around like a set of necklaces yeah, that's what that door. is yeah. <laughs> wondered what i'd been tripping over <laughs> uh. thought it was more bones <laughs> yeah 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 i i 
I regret things I haven't said. I regret things I have said. I regret things I haven't done. I regret things I have done. I regret things that I uh, don't have the courage to do. You know, I'm just a big old ball of regret. All right, well, let's solve that then. That's the regret. It's how much regret you feel. Um, Laura, you don't strike me as a particularly regretful person. You feel like a someone who walks with confidence with a cape through the world and just sort of leaves destruction behind her. Is that about right? Aha, my disguise is complete. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm mostly just a void like everyone else. Oh, okay, all right, cool. I just thought, you know, give it a shot. Um, I just, I see you in a cape so naturally that it just made sense to me. Um, Thank you. Let's, uh, all right, well then, regrets are, I'm not a huge regret person. Not that I haven't done a lot of things to regret. Uh, but I choose to see them as uh, lessons. And since, because I didn't uh, learn anything in school, I look at it as free adult education, which should be mandatory in all countries. So really what you're doing by living with all these sort of regrets and, and changing, do you change your actions as a result of them or do you just continue and, and carry the bag? I have uh, such a wide and deep experience with regret that I now know when I'm going to do something that I'm going to regret. So I have pre-regret or pre-gret wow. uh, before I perform an action. <laughs> and and then you do it anyway? Um, well, often it, it's a matter of the, the lesser of two evils, isn't it? Oh, well, then what are you regretting if, if the other thing is the evil? Is this, are all of your things trolley problems? Is that how... Um, Yes, in, a, in that I drive a trolley as a job, and I'm very uh, bad at telling people to get out of the way of the trolley. If anything, um, you're encouraging them. Come on, encouraging people on by planting ah, beautiful flowers along the tracks. <laughs> uh, well, you know, often often there is uh, no no choice is ultimately good. You know, everything is problematic one way or another. But why regret it? I feel like, um, you know, we're imperfect beings. We're basically monkeys that know we're monkeys, you know? So why why would you put this uh, um, uh, godlike necessity be, to be good on yourself? I... I, um, I mean, do you really want to know, Chris? <laughs> I mean, if it, if it comes from the kind of confidence that it insinuates, then I'm just impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I look no, at... No, I, I, you know... I look at life the way that I look at um, uh, sports. I'm a big basketball fan. And a great mm. three-point shooter hits 40% of their shots. That's a great three-point shooter. If I can make 40% the right choice and the other 60% doesn't lose the game metaphorically, then I'm doing all right. Because I'm a person and we suck. So that's a very beautiful way to look at it. The way that I look at it... Uh, is that um, if I don't regret any of the choices that I make or pre-regret or anticipate all of the outcomes and feel uh, responsible for everything that's happening, then I have to face the reality that I am helpless uh, before much of the suffering uh, that is happening in the world and that I am uh, completely powerless to help the people around me who I love. Um, so I feel like it's an either or option. And I choose the illusion uh, that I have control, which means that I also have to um, constantly question and regret everything in an uh, increasingly tight spiral of despair and fear. All right. That's, um, that sounds like a lot to live with. I, uh, I unburdened myself. I think it was like that when I was younger. 
And now I just sort of spin in the void, like Ariel when all the fish are singing around her. Um, I. Uh, I no, that's well, the ocean. Be... She's she's in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> the I want to be where the people are. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I um, but so I would say that. I mean, that's a big one. I'm like. Ariel in the original Grimm, where she has to like, when she walks on land, it feels like she's walking on knives. That's mm. me. That is a shame. Have you tried acid? Podiatry. <laughs> <laughs> Baraka. I feel like some magic mushrooms would, would help a lot with this. Um, hmm. Hmm. No, I think that, I think that it's fair that you want to feel like you can affect the world around you. I think everyone likes and needs to feel that. Um, and I think a lot of the worst and the best of people comes out in that. A lot of the times when someone does something terrible, it's because they want to, you know, uh, make it known that they exist, you know, destruction or creation. Those often come from the same um, impetus. Um, I cling with your fingertips to the precarious illusion of free will. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, uh, I think that's, you know, fine, but I think is there is there room for a dose of next time, maybe? You know, when you walk through it, to be like, ah, I'll get them next time. That's the. That is a very good uh, suggestion, a very good point. Uh, this is turning into a therapy session, but also I don't believe for. in the future. Yeah. I don't oh, believe wow. in the future. That's there's part of the. the okay. There's only the present. So uh, I sort of just think that everything's, you know, that you'll turn the page and the next one will be blank at all times. I'm never sure the sun's going to rise tomorrow. Oh, damn. I lived in, um, I lived in a Buddhist monastery for a while. And uh, one of the monks said something really beautiful to me. And I liked it a lot. And it's how I've lived ever since where he said, there's no past, there's no future. There's only the immediate present. And the way to uh, build a good future is to have good presence uh, that sort of then grow up. And that also leaves a trail of a good past behind you. And so if you just think in terms of those, then it's good. But that necessitates the belief that there will be another moment, I guess, to a degree. I haven't thought about it very seriously in a while. I've been playing a lot of video games. Uh, Yes, is a, a Buddhist quote uh, from one of the suttas, which is the past and the future are broken plates, which I've mm. always liked. And the present it, is it, a, it is implies that the way. past and the future are full of a past. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a mess. Yeah. Great minds. <laughs> just say it's a mess. Yeah. Very well, shoddy. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we'll have to call that there. So I'm not convinced that we solved all your problems. And for that, I apologize. <laughs> hey, it's not your responsibility, Chris Betts. I don't regret it, but I will learn from it. Uh, <laughs> Laura, what are you saying? That's a real point. tough one to judge. Uh, I think you both argued really well. Um, I think if we go with the average demographic of our listenership they are less likely to have mental breakdowns if they accept Chris's way of thinking than Alice's so for just public safety I think I'm gonna go with uh, Chris wins hey. no, nobody pan nobody panic <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the sun will rise all right, I'll take I'll take that. The first optimism point ever awarded. In <laughs> just just to be safe. <laughs> a, a point for hope. 
Let's not drive anyone closer to that cliff. All right. Um, so uh, I think that makes it five to three for Alice mm -hmm. right now. Or is it, did I win all three regrets? No, I think you won the first one. So it's six to two. I'm keeping score. I got it all up here. Uh, six yeah. two for Alice right now, but I can come back right now in the speed round. So right. we can do speed round number two. And, and, I'm, and I'm scoring each one. If you could, please, yeah. Sorry, I, okay, I should have course. mentioned that. I've been totally Sorry, off Sorry, I game. thought it was an overall. No, fair enough. That overall is a, that's one. a totally fair assumption. Not though, it's the vibe. Yeah, yeah. Right. all right. But, you know, whatever. Um, so this time, because you were four, this time you'll be against Alice. Everything that comes out, I'm going to be four. No, I won't. There you go. That's the spirit. Good. <laughs> all right. Um, so uh, can we please get the clock up, Josh? Perfect. He was ready. He was just waiting for me to say it. This guy's a fucking pro. Um, and Laura, you're already with the topics there? Mm-hmm, I'm Alice, ready. You're, Alice, you're ready? Josh, start ready as I'll ever be. Mars. Oh, I don't like it. Too hot, too red, too many aliens. Uh, I love Mars. It gives us a great hypothetical enemy for Earth to bond around. Next. Uh, continuity. Continuity, uh, needless, unnecessary. Uh, attempting to put a framework of reality onto um, a framework of illusion onto reality. Uh, I'm for it, and and the proof of it is that even Alice's anti uh, argument had continuity to it. That's how integral it is. Next, music. Music. Uh, don't like it. It's a distraction. It gets in your head, and a lot of it's bad. A lot of it bad. Um, I love music. It's uh, before I figured out the way that I learn right or live right now. It was what I used to tune out all my regrets. Thanks, music. Next. Houses. Houses unnecessary. Put us back in caves. Fight for precious resources. Live in trees. Uh, houses are great. Uh, if anyone tries to throw poop at me in my house, they'll just hit my wall. Too bad. Mm. Spending money. Uh, not good. Capitalism is a cancer. <laughs> um, cancer is a cancer. Capitalism is an idea. Money is just a tool like a hammer. Can't be blamed for anything. Next. Money moles. Uh, moles are constantly making mountains. <laughs> I love mountains. I love a good scenic view from the Rockies. Thanks, moles. Um, offices. Officers, the worst place to do anything, especially work. Uh, the very idea of an office is what made me work so hard at comedy so I could avoid it. So <laughs> thank you, officers. For being hey, so you agree with me there. <laughs> Damn it. No. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. That's the end of the speed round. Uh, Laura, let's, look, that's, that's two for Alice and five for Chris. Oh, shit. Yes. Don't call it a comeback. Uh, so what's the what's the score total now? My math should be better than this. This is simple addition. It was what, 6-2 and that was 5-2? So 8-7 seven, seven for Laura. All right. One ahead. Alice. Alice, sorry. Again, you threw no, me off. No, I'm winning. By two, <laughs> by two hours. I'm all over the place. Um, You're always the winner, though. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, That's why I'm in the middle of this grid. <laughs> so now we're going to go to the judges' choice round. Speaking of Laura being the winner, Laura gets to decide who wins. Uh, Alice, you're ahead by one right now. Lucky for me, 
judge's choice round is worth two points. So we've got oh. it all to play for. Interesting. So, uh, before Laura oh. tells us what it is, people watching, neither of us know what Laura's about to say. So this is a complete surprise for both of us. Alice, you want to be for or against whatever she's about to say? I will be for. Four. I nice. feel I did better in the four round than I did in the against round. And I feel that I have an innate positivity that will serve me well. Play to your strengths. That's very good. That's You won't regret that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm against. Laura, what am mm -hmm. I against? Well, I found I found the um, why the comedy industry is shattered to be quite comforting. So I think since it's, it's you know it's nearly the end of the year, I'd really really love sort of a, a wrap up of uh, I'd like you to argue, please, why 2020 is good. Okay, so Alice, you're arguing that it's good. I'm arguing that it's terrible. So do you do you want to make opening arguments or shall I? Uh. You, you can make opening arguments. Okay. 2020 is terrible. It's the, the Hitler of years. And I don't mean that in terms of uh, death or intention. I mean that in terms of lazy comparisons. From now on, for the rest of our lives, everything that's bad is either going to be called 2020 or people are going to say, it's not like it's 2020. And outside of all the needless deaths, that is what's going to linger for me. I'm going to be really annoyed. It's going to be lazy writing. You're going to see lazy MCs all the time at comedy shows. Uh, it's going to become uh, uh, like a, a, a pointless rallying cry for things. I am so, without any high points, this year has made it to be the, not only the most boring to live through, but it'll be the most boring to reminisce about. And it's going to have the most documentaries made about it. So if nothing else, it's a cultural crime that this year existed on top of, you know, lots of people died and, and you know, there was other stuff as well. Uh, counterpoint? So what I think has been good about 2020 is uh, that it has accelerated and enhanced trends that were already happening. First of all, nobody died who wasn't eventually gonna die anyway, right? I guess technically true, yeah. <laughs> technically true. Uh, number two, uh, it has enhanced community among people who've suddenly realised that they rely on their neighbours for their basic safety. Uh, number three, new parents have had a lot more time with their children uh, and been able to bond with their families. Uh, number four, people who were in long-term relationships that really only functioned because they had a shared taste in Netflix that they watched after work before spending the rest of their time apart have now realised that those relationships were not working uh, and have gone their separate ways. Uh, so it's accelerated uh, divorces. It's also accelerated the split, uh, the widening chasm between rich and poor, uh, which will bring us back to a period um, in history, which is basically the dominant uh, span of history has, has worked this way. So we have to assume it's the way that people work, which is a, a ruling aristocratic class, a service class, and then a peasantry. And once we get back to that, I feel like that is the... Um, ultimate expression of human nature and everyone will feel much more comfortable when they're groveling in the mud before they're uh, billionaire overlords. Wow, wow, okay. Uh, counterpoints to those, uh, I would say, I can't remember them all in order, but I'll just say, uh, I trust my neighbors less was now groveling. than I ever have before because I've seen them with all their stupid friends coming around and having parties in the backyard. If anything, I think much less of everyone in my neighborhood than I ever have. 
Um, <laughs> I, I said community, not neighborhood, but go ahead. Oh, fair enough. Um, all right, well, white people then. I think less of them. They've been terrible in general this year. <laughs> it's really brought out the worst in whites. Um, there's, a, a, I would say that in terms of the baby thing, a lot of parents have got to stay home because they lost their jobs. And so, yes, they will be very close when they're homeless, but uh, that's not the kind of closeness that you want necessarily. Also, a lot of people are having kids. I know people that are having kids that shouldn't have kids, wouldn't have had kids if it wasn't for the lockdown. There's going to be... Again, just trends that were already going to happen happen uh, just being dialed up. Oh, they were so careful before, but you know, you hit that nihilism of, uh, of a lockdown and suddenly there's a future generation of you. And that's a real, that's a real problem. Um, I would say that uh, the divorce rate going up uh, while being good is because these things didn't get to end in a natural way is going to increase the bitterness of people going out into the world because it's like if they left with such hatred that uh, you can you can interject you don't have to wait this is like no a, no 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 more wasted time no more wasted time they get straight on with it get out and they can blame the pandemic you know that is it's always good in the breakup of a family particularly if you have children to be able to blame an external influence so that neither of you have to take responsibility for the flaws in your character that led to the breakup and you can carry on uh, your cycle of being a shitty person in a shitty relationship i think that that gives people an easy out and that their kids will take an easy out and then climate disaster don't ask for the steps in between it's a logical bunch of steps well speaking of climate disaster there was a period of uh, time where there were not many planes in the air and that was good for the environment that gave us false hope though in the way that recycling does where now we'll think like, oh, it dropped off by about 30%. And so we can probably chill out in the way that recycling makes you feel like you're helping the earth, but actually most of it goes into the landfill. So they'll actually do less as a result than if it had been sped up through the constant travel that we're used to. But everyone having more spare time to think about these things like the climate and um, injustices have led to some of the most impactful social movements uh, in the last, let's say 40 years. I would say that there's been very little impact. There's been a lot of retweeting. Uh, a lot of the promises made have already been broken. We can't physically be there to make sure any of this goes through. Um, there's uh, uh, all the defund the police stuff. That's mostly gone now. Uh, most of the climate action, people are on their phones. They can't, they're too tired of being tired. And so I think that again, that, that gives you the feel of like, I did something because I was mad about it. And so it's a false, it's a false start. I think that this is a year of false starts. So I'll actually set all those causes back by 30 years. Mm. Yeah. I disagree entirely. I think that it has given people motivation and the frustration of being at home uh, has uh, made them feel less satisfied with merely retweeting. And we've seen action in the streets. Uh, and when people are allowed to be in the streets again, there'll be even more action in the streets. I feel like that's been taken most to heart though by fascists. I feel like most of the action now is fascist based. And a lot of those fascists wouldn't have had the time to become fascists if they were going to work and traveling and they weren't just at home panic Googling things every day, looking for a little bit of respite, which fascism famously provides people willing to kill for them. So- Better I, I, the fascist you know than a <laughs> sneaky fascist. <laughs> Better a fascist with the courage of their convictions <laughs> than a cowardly fascist hiding behind you with a with a secret flag underneath their t-shirt. Turns out there were a lot of those, according to tattoo artists. <laughs> we found out later on. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel we need to hold the tattoo artists partially responsible for this. They're not all stick and poke tattoos. Yeah, you really gotta, how many Confederate flags can you put on a person before you start to be like, hey man, maybe, <laughs> maybe uh, uh, see a therapist. Maybe there's another answer <laughs> to this. Do you, do you just want a rose, mate? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just a, a nice, nice rose. Oh, what about yeah, a heart with your mom's name yeah, in? Yeah, mom. Whatever happened to mom? It's a nice tattoo. Yeah. It's a nice tattoo. All right. <laughs> that was so like reminiscent and sweet. That is. A, that's a nice tattoo. <laughs> a little sailor's anchor. Yeah. Like some lady who you really loved for about six months. Yeah, and when and when people ask who she is, you have to lie because you don't really remember her anymore. It was you twenty stare years. Stare out ago. to the sea. Yeah. <laughs> Look into the middle distance. Ah, uh, uh, so, yes. Sandra. Yeah. <laughs> that was Sandra O. Oh. I met Sandra O, oh, so I got it tattooed, so I'd never forget. Uh, <laughs> she's just super cool. <laughs> um, all right. We'll call we'll call that there. Laura, for all, for Look, all the marbles, what are you saying? Alice, I'm I'm so sorry. That was an impossible thing to to argue for. I think Chris definitely solidified that it, there was no comfort in that. I feel worse about 2020 than I did when I started. <laughs> uh, we're all doomed, uh, but Chris wins. Yes. I feel yes. that is a fair fight. Uh, I lost fairly and uh, yes. I'll go nobly. And, and regret it. Yeah, no, nobly. Like you were, um, yeah, like you're reeling in like a big marlin or something. Uh, I, I, thought, I thought that when you said better the fascists you know, I was like, the tide's turning here. I don't know what's going to come out now. This is great. <laughs> Well, that was uh, that was so fun. Thanks for playing. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. I'm on a winning streak. I can't be stopped. I'm gonna call it right now. I am never gonna lose this game again. That was uh, very fun and at times a little bleak and I think very engaging. I really enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to follow Laura and Alice on Twitter. Make sure to buy Laura's new album called The Bus Show on her website. It's uh, the show that she did in Edinburgh in 2019, which was a great show, but she has specifically made it into sort of a soundscape show because obviously she couldn't record it live during the lockdown. So it's a really cool, interesting take on a comedy special. A bunch of great jokes, but has been sort of turned into something even more impressive so that uh, the link to that is on the description for the show it's again it's called the bus show you can just go to lauradaviscomedy.com to buy it there and also check out all of alice's podcast she's on the bugle with andy zaltzman she's got a daily podcast called the post which i think she brought up uh during the show uh which is an offshoot of the bugle and then she's got her other show she is the, just the busiest podcaster right now called Tea with Alice, where uh, she does great interviews with uh, writers and thinkers and comedians and things like that. There's um, uh, there's a great episode with Neil Gaiman that I recommend, but uh, they're all great. As you can see, Alice is a, a very thoughtful person, so she asks great questions. She's very engaged. So don't forget to check those things out. And I am at Mr. Chris Betts. Again, if you want to support the show, you can do it on patreon.com slash Mr. Chris Betts. Just a reminder, I'm going to be releasing the Patreon stream of post-show interviews onto the mainstream over the next couple of weeks. So look out for those. They're called In the Green Room, but it will be on the Chris Betts Versus. Uh, please uh, rate and review the podcast because that means that more people find it. Uh, tell friends about it. Um, but regardless, 
just keep listening to it. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to be back on December 23rd. I was supposed to do it with John Hastings and Dylan Gott, but Dylan got a last-minute paid gig, so he can't make it. So I'm going to find a Canadian replacement, but I'm looking forward to it. Got John Hastings on, who's a great comedian and an old housemate of mine. So it'll be good to talk to him. Anyways, have a great day. I will be going live again on Wednesday, so I will see you then, or talk to you next Sunday, which will be just after Christmas. So have a great Christmas. Take care of yourselves. Drink irresponsibly. I love you.